0: Topic of, um, the topic of the Shiurim tonight, as I understand, countdown to uh, the to Matan Torah. So one of the things I'd like to discuss is whether or not that uh, really is an accurate um, description um, of the period in which we find ourselves right now, the period that willig uh, Shlita also spoke about, the period of Svirasa Omer. The Torah speaks about Svirasa Omer um, in Parsha's Emor. And that in itself is of great significance. Parsha's Emor, um, starting from Perichab Gimel, is dedicated to a discussion of the various mo'adim. It's called the Parsha's Hamo'ados, uh, in the words of Chazal, because it delineates and it describes, and even defines, um, the unique features of each and every mo'ad. That Parsha, of course, begins with a discussion of Shabbos by Dabra Shema Mo'adeh Kodesh. Torah begins with Shabbos and then proceeds to what we would normally define as the more routine Moadim in fact it's a whole discussion why we begin with Shabbos not for this evening but uh, a matter of controversy so then we begin to read about the various Moadim beginning from First, we read about the 14th day of Nisan, the day in which the hakrova of the Korban Pesach is undertaken, and then about the Moed proper. And so, we would have expected, since this is part of adults. Um, that immediately after Pesach, we would read about the next Moed in the calendar, and that of course is Shavuos, and we would expect that that would be followed, as it in fact is, by Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and the completion, the culmination of the parsha with Sukkot. Actually, two renditions um, of Sukkot, as it happens in this parsha. The surprise is that there is not an immediate. Transition from Pesach to Shavuos, that instead there is a section that is interspersed between Pesach and Shavuos, which deals with the Korban Haomer initially, Svirah Haomer, and which concludes with discussion of the Shtei Indeed, it's not just here as a kind of derachagav interalia, but it's introduced by its very own by Daber Hashem Mosha LeMar. And the Ramban notes that whenever the Torah says by Daber Hashem Moshe Leimar in the context of the parsha of the intention of the Torah is to underscore that this is an independent, this is an independent unit. So it begins by Dabra Hashem Moshe Leimar, Daber El Yisrael, VeAmartal Lehem. And instead of hearing about Shavuos, we're told Kisavu al Haaretz mm-hmm. when Kl Yisrael enters into territory Israel, Ashar Nino Machem and the um, crop is, is cut Omer, in other words we begin to read extensively about the Karban Omer the bringing of which is matir allows one to eat the new grains um, for the new year especially in our Israel according to many Rishonim in Chutz as well and then we have several other psukim pertaining to the action of habas saomer, ktsira saomer, habas saomer, Hanafa saomer, the carbonos that go along with that, the lech and the kolly, the karmel, lo tochlu on etam a Then we're told that until this carbon is brought, again, there's a prohibition to eat all the new grains um that grew during that year. Then we read of sfira saomer, who sfartem lachem imacharas the Kravte Mincha So then we read of Sfiras Omer, the counting of the Omer, from the bringing of the Omer, culminating with another Korban, one that seems to be parallel to the Korban HaOmer Omer, but also has important differences which we'll discuss. The Mincha Chadash Al the new Korban Mincha, which is the Korban Shtetah which is brought from Chametz, um, actually, um, is given to the Kohen, is actually not sacrificed on the, on the Mizbeach. We'll discuss that a little bit. Um, this is the Milcha al Hashem. This is the first wheat um, offering um, of the new year, and is, in fact, Matir, the Tvua of the previous year, for the bringing of Korbanos for the new year. In other words, the Omer brought the, the day after uh, the first day of Passok or the second day of Pesach, that is Matir, the Tbuah, the produce of Heretz Yisrael and possibly of Chutzlar for use by anyone, um, any individual homeowner. And the Midrach Chadasha, the karban Sh'tehalachem does or performs a parallel function in the Beis HaMikdash. It is brought not from Seorim, from barley, but from wheat. And they were told me Moshwosehem, Tabiu Lechem Tanufa, shnei Shneasronim, there are kabonas that go along with this as well. And then I'm skipping at several other Psukim, there are about uh uh fifteen Psukim uh in this entire Parsha. And when it's all over, we read again by Dabra Hashem Moshe Laymar, a new um section in Parsha Samoadas, Dabero b'nei Yisrael lemar Laymar, Bakodash, the Kodashi Yelachem Shabbasan Zikhron Chua that's Rosh Hashanah the culmination of the section which begins with the discussion of the Omer the culmination of that is with Shavuos So basically what we encounter in Parshas Emor is a very peculiar um, series of psukim at least at this point we have Shabbos, which introduces all the Moadim, we have Pesach, we would anticipate immediately Shavuos, instead we have 15 or so Pesukim that speak about a Korban HaOmer um, a Korban shtehalakem, and then finally in one Pasuk, practically Shavuos, and that is all one section, and then the next section continues um, in a more um, in a more uncontroversial manner one could say with Rosh Hashanah, then Yom HaKippurim and then Sukkot. the question is why? why is the mitzvah of Omer HaOmer um, and Korban HaOmer and Korban Shteh and why are they mentioned in Parshas Mr at all? and what are we to derive um, from that in terms of its significance the truth is that um, the first thing to analyze is the assumption of the question is it possible that there are references in Parshas Emor, even sections, which don't necessarily relate to the world of Kedushas Hazman, of Moadim? Maybe, for whatever reason, the Torah chose to speak about certain other matters in this Parsha. For example, um, in the end of speaking about Shavuos, we're told of the of that you have to leave a corner of your field for the Aniyim, the Lekhet Kitsircha Launi, the That certainly has nothing to do with the Moab. And there are all sorts of explanations why it is brought in this context. But that's one Pasuk um, And arguably, um, it fits into the theme of Shavuot. When you have uh, 15 or so P'sukim that seem to be out of place, That, of course, is is more difficult. Moreover, some of the Mefarshim, at least, assume that any significant section, even one pasuk, if it stands alone, in Parshus Emor, implies that we're dealing with the concept of a Moet. Just to give you a very brief example, famous one, uh, the first pasuk that we read in Parshus Emor, following the introduction of Shabbos, is i sorry pesach on the fourteenth day, right? That is the day of a torban pesach. So the bra the Volmi Vilna interprets based on this pasuk and a similar pasuk in Parshat Pinchas that the day of the fourteenth of Nisan itself is a kind of yom tov. It, it's not a full Yom Tov in the normal sense of the word. There isn't Yisra Malacha in the same sense that the Yisra Malacha on a regular Yom Tov. But the day in which we bring the carbon Pesach is not merely a preparation for eating it that night, nor is it just a mitzvah of carbon Pesach. It implies a certain kedushas Hazmat. That's how the Goan was is able to explain an otherwise difficult Pesach of the Ramah. The Ramah in Hukas Avelus suggests that even though normally when a person is an avel, so his Avelus <laughs> is interrupted, indeed not just interrupted, but is cancelled by the onset of a moed. There's an absolute contradiction between the idea of Kedush HaSaznan, moed, and Avelus in mourning. However, if a person is in a state of mourning, what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to sit as an avel as long as he can until he reaches that critical point where he needs to prepare properly for the Chab. That could be half an hour or ten minutes before or an hour before, whatever the case may be. Um, he's supposed to fulfill the requirements of an Avel until that point, um, not a moment uh, sooner, and then he breaks off his Avelos. However, the Ramah says when it comes to Erev Pesach, the time that he breaks off his avelus is significantly earlier after Chatzel. And the Shach attacks this Pesach of the Ramah he so says he doesn't understand it. It should be like any other Moe. The Gra in justifying the Ramah explains, he says, very cryptically, very shortly, briefly, as is the style of the Gra in his parish on Shokanarach. He says, after all, there's a pasuk in Parshish Emar that speaks about the bringing and the shakting of the carbon Pesach. The fact that it appears in Emar implies that it's not merely a preparation for Pesach, but that in itself is a kind of a Moed that's what the Pasuk means when it says uh, the Pasuk that I just read um, that's what the Pasuk means when it says um, there's a concept of a Moed called Pesach that is separate from the concept of the Moed called Chagamatzos that the Torah develops in the very next psukim. and then it's Siv in, HaMegdabar suggest this as well. In other words, the fact that something appears in this parsha, all things being equal, is indicative that it is significant to kedushas hazmat If that's true, so what about all these psukim about these karbanos the Karmanha Omer, the Karban shtehalechem, the Svirasa Omer? What is that all about? And indeed, if you just look at the Halachic literature, we can see potentially at least, two perspectives
1: <coughs> on this issue.
0: The Rambam, when he deals with matters of Spira's Omer, deals with them in Hilchos Tmidinu Musafin. In Paragzayin, Huchos Tmidinu Musafin, starting from, I think, uh, Halacha Chavalot, or Chafes, is where he speaks about Spira's Omer. Earlier he deals, uh, the beginning of Paragzayin actually deals with the Karbonos Musaf of Pesach, and then Halacha Beis, or Gimel, I think Gimel actually or so, he transitions into a discussion of the Korban haomer, which he discusses extensively, the ktsira Omer hanafas Omer, and then when he gets to Halakha a for days then he says mitzvah sase. There's a mitzvah to count the omer, the days of the omer, and that's where he deals with it. In parakhes hukos musafim, the Rambam begins the discussion of the korban shnehalachem, which of course is brought um, during Shavuos. But the point is that the Rambam Chose to deal with Sfirah Saomer in the context of Seder and Sefer Avoda in other words in the context of Karbanos albeit Karbanos Musafi on the other hand as we know the Tur and the Shulchan Aruch deal with the halakhas of Sfirah Saomer right after Hilkos Pesach of course there's a an important methodological um, issue here and that is that the Shulchan Aruch doesn't have the equivalent of a Hilfos Timidinum Masafin. The Turin Aruch only wrote about issues that are applicable bismana, bismana Ze as well. They didn't write about Inyane Karbanos. Because they don't have that possible um, classification scheme, it's not clear that they're disagreeing with the Rambam per se. But the fact that you have these two systems <coughs> of, of categorizing Spiros Omer is at minimum food for thought. If Spiros Omer like, like it appears in the tour in Shulchan Aruch about the Moadim, about Orachayim about post-Pesach or pre-Shavuos or is it about Korbonos is it about Tzmidim and Musafim indeed even the Rambam Shita um, was subject to two basic perspectives and interpretations the Rambam explains in Yoko Tzmidim u Musafim that Sfira Omer Bizman HaZeh is Min most Rishonim believe that Svirus Omer Bismanazed, accounting, is only Midrabana. Why should it be only Midrabana? Because most Rishonim, this is a little bit ironic, most Rishonim, even the ones who discuss Bide Svirah Omer in a Moed context, Tours, Shulchanarif, and so on, most of them are of the opinion that since there's a link between the Karban and the Svirah at least in the Parsha, it sounds like they are linked in some way. So, since Bismanenu, there are no longer Karbanas, so the sphere itself is drabbana. so even though it's treated in the context of Moed, the carbon connection makes it Drabanah. The irony is that the Rambam is the one who treated Sphirus Omer in Uqas Tmidinu Musafim. In other words, he underscored more than the others the carbon connection, and yet, of all Rishonim, it's the Rambam who insists that Sphirus Omer, even Bismanah Azeh, is Minat Torah. How could it be? So there are many Mifarsim who explain that even though the Rambam inserted Svirah Saomer, he really believes that it's about a link between Pesach or Shavuos or both, I'll explain those perspectives in just a couple of minutes. And since that link um, is enduring, has nothing to do with the Karbanos, so Bizman Azeh, Svirah is Minah Torah, Others, like Chaim, um, couldn't get over the fact that the Rambam classified these halachos in Hilkos Tzmidin and Musafim and not in Sefer Zmanim. He could have put it in Yom Tov, he could have put it in the end of Hilkos Chamotzomatzah. There, there were other places for the Rambam to put it. They found it difficult to explain that Sphirosa Omer was not connected to the Karbonus. Reb Chaim argued that the Rambam's view is that since in principle, there is a concept of karbanos, even b'shman this being based on the Rambam's own shita. The Rambam argues that Kedushah at Yerushalayim and the kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash, according to the Rambam, from the time that they were established, the time of Sholma HaMelech, were never bata. The Rambam of the has a very famous uh, position and a very beautiful formulation of it, that kedusha at Yerushalayim is based on the concept of Kedusha's Hashkina literally the sanctity of Yerushalayim nourishes from the presence of the Rabboni Shilolam the Hashkina ain't of the table that's enduring, by definition nothing can cancel that Kedusha so if Chaim argued that even though the Rambam believes that Sphiris Omar is connected to the Karbonos and that's why he puts it in it can still be minat Torah even though you cannot implement Karbonos Mizman Azeh, the Kedusha Right, which theoretically makes carbonos obligatory or relevant in some way that is enduring and therefore on some level the sphira maybe all we can do is the sphira but the sphera remains a daraisa it remains a biblical law because in principle the concept of carbonos is a concept that still is relevant but the fact is that that is a very fine explanation uh, Rupchayim doesn't need my endorsement but um, it is a very good explanation. But um, of course, it, it raises another question. And that is if this really is a question of and really is connected to the Karbanos, so why should it depend theoretically on whether or not the Kedusha of Yerushalayim or the Beis HaMikdash, the theoretical obligation of Karbanos, why should it depend on that? Why shouldn't it depend concretely whether or not you can apply, whether you can implement that obligation? we'll get back to this in just a minute so I'd like to suggest that there can be perhaps another perspective not really another perspective uh, an added um, insight that maybe um, allows uh, greater flexibility for this perspective to answer all of these questions the fact is that the entire Parsha Samoa really should be examined from another perspective Let's refocus right now on why it is that there's so much discussion of the karbanos of Korban Omer and Shelechem um, in Parshas Emor. And additionally why the Rambam who felt that it was Bismana zeh still Daraisa and yet codified it in Okostomid and Musafi. But there's a bigger question. And there's a question that touches all of the Moadin. The Rambam already asks the question obliquely. Why is Parsha HaMoadim to begin with in Sefer Vayikra? After Vayikra, after all Vayikra is known as Torah's Kalanim. The Ramban notes that unlike some, most of the other Parshas until here, until this point in Vayikra, uh, the Parshas HaMoadim begins by Dabra Hashem Moshe Lehmar Daber El Bnei Yisrael Yomarta It's addressed to the entire Klal Yisrael through Moshe Rabbeinu, not just to the Kohanim, and the Ramban explains, because after all the Moadim have no special uh, connection to the Kohanim they're Khovas they have nothing per se to do with the Kohanim more than to any other member of Chal but then the Ramban says, so why indeed, if that's true, why are they in Bayikra? so he says because they are yinnei korbonos the fact that you bring korbonos on a is significant in defining the nature and the character of a moed. In other words, it's inconceivable to think, I'm expanding on what the Ramban says, he doesn't say this part of it. It's inconceivable to think of a moed without realizing that, at least in theory, there should be karbonos that are attached to it. That in the base of mikdash, this special day would be expressed. Through Korbanos, through that level of Kedusha. The Ramban asks another question. If that's true, it says, and that's why, if you notice, even though the Torah doesn't specify, it keeps saying, the kraftan ishala If you read through Parsha's Emor, every single Moed, the Kraftan Ishala Hashem, the Kraftan and you bring Korbanos, and you bring Korbanos, every Moed. In the end of the Parsha, we're told, these are the various Moedim, before we have the final rendition. In fact, the last pasuk, in the first ending, our two endings of the parsha, focuses on summing up and mentioning that there are karbonos for each and every one of these days. Ramban says this works out very well according to his theory. It's a Yom Karban. That's why it's in Bayikra. Although it's not addressed to the Kaanim, because primarily it's about Moadim, Knusha Then Ramban asks, if that's true, so why don't we have all the details of the Karbanos here? There's another Parsha in Bamidbar, Parsha's Pinchas. There we have all the details of the Karbanos, the Musafid of every single Yom Tov. That's why um, we always read as the the maftir on a a Yom we always read from Bamidbar, from Parshas Pentecost. Why? The whole point is that the Moed is enhanced by and is defined by being a Yom Karban why not bring the details of the Karbanos? Here the Ramban gives a technical answer. The Ramban explains he says, if that were to be so you would think that you should bring the Karbanos even in the Midbar and it wasn't so, or you might think that without the carbonos you can't have the moed, and that's not so, it's better to have two parsians. But I'd like to suggest that one could take the, the question and the spirit of what the Ramban is saying, and just take it a little bit further. I think what the Ramban, or the question of the Ramban, implies is that there are really two different aspects. Parsis Amor focuses on the moed. The Moadim are special times of the year that emphasize each its own special value focusing on the concept of Kedusha Sazman. And that is immeasurably enhanced by being linked with the concept of karbanos, Of standing in the presence of the Shechina in Yerushalayim, on the Mizbeach and bringing special karbanos for that day. It tells us something about the Kedusha Sazman that there are also days that demand karbanos whether we can bring them or not. Parshas Pinchas, on the other hand, is written from the perspective of the Karbonos. In other words, Parshas Pinchas is all about the world of Karbonos and how that world is affected by daily life, Tamid, and by the various changes during the year. Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos, and every single one of the Zmanik. From the perspective of the world of the Beis HaMikdash, from the world of Karbanos, the idea that when there's a special moment, a moment infused with special Kedusha, Kedusha Shazman, that you would want to express that through Karbanos, that's what we have in Parsh's Pinchas. Two completely different ideas. They intersect, obviously, and they overlap. But two perspectives. One for the world of Kedusha Shazman, one for the world of Kedusha's uh, Mokom, Mokom, the HaKarbanos. But if this is true, so then let's look fresh, take a fresh look, at the Parsha that we just began to look at. The Torah spends a lot of psukim on two Karbanos here. Korban HaOmer and Korban Seteh It doesn't mention the Musafin of the other days. Those are another Parsha. It just mentions the Ikrav Mishalashem Why all of a sudden, when it comes to Omer and Shetei in Parsha Samoadim of Amor, all of a sudden, we have an elaboration. Moreover, this elaboration doesn't appear elsewhere really. Maybe reference to certainly not the Omer. This is really the discussion. Again, the Ramban addresses the question. He gives also a more peripheral kind of an answer. He says, well, we're not worried that people will misconstrue the role of Omer and Seteh Everybody knows that you have to bring the Tzvua of the Omer and the Shtehalechem only from Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, people won't confuse the fact, they won't think that you can bring it in the Midbar, that you can bring it in Chutzlaretz. And therefore, it's okay to write it here. But, if we say more about the last question of the Ramban, then we need to say more about this question. What are the Omer and Sete Alechem doing here if all the other karbonos are dealt with in Pinchas? So I think what emerges is Kedushas Hazman is reflected by also being a yom of bringing karbonos. And in most cases it's enough to say that. Whatever those Kabanos are especially when it comes to the Musafim whatever those karbonos are you can read about them in Parshas Pinchas there the details are very important there they're written from the perspective of the world of the Mesa and the Ka'ad. However, there are some karbanos which aren't just brought and expressed and add to the Kedusha HaSaiyot. There are some karbanos which really define, which really characterize what is unique about the Kedusha HaSazna. On some level, that's true about Korban Pesach. Of course it's not so much elaborated in Amor except for that one reference Pusuk that I mentioned before. But you have the separate Parsha, Parsha's both. On Yom Kippur this is true as well. On Yom Kippur you have the separate Parsha Achremos the whole elaborate delineation of Avodah Siyam Kippurim. Apparently Omer and Shtehalechem within serve this function as well. It's almost as if we are being told that these are probonos. They're and Musafim maybe. They belong in that as well. Or at least they could be put there. But these tmidin and Musafim are different. They're not in Pinchas. They're in Emor. They characterize the sanctity of this period of time. And therefore, if we understand the Omer and the Sheteh and their relationship better, then we also might understand the relationship of the Zman that they encompass. In order to do that, if this is true rather, then one can explain the Rambam. The Rambam thinks that Sfira is Minatov. I, he put in the Smida and the The answer is because the Rambam understood that even though the focus may be on the Karbanos, these are not any karbanos. They're not any musafin. These are karbanos that characterize the opportunity and the themes of this period of time, of these 49 days. It remains bizmanaze, even though you can't actually apply and implement because we can't bring karbanos bizmanenu. The fact that the idea of the karban, bizmanaze, is alive and well, that makes it doraisa because the main theme is really the theme of kedushas HaShazma. In order to understand this better, of course, we need to look at two things. Number one, what is the relationship of Sviras Omer specifically, therefore this period, to Pesach and to Shavuot? And secondly, how is this reflected in these Karbonos concretely? So let me speak very briefly about these two themes. And if there's more time... I'll show how I think this is connected to some of the halakhos as well. The relationship between Sfirah Saomer period and Sfirah Saomer itself and Zmanin, the Zmanim, the Moadim, obviously opens us to three basic perspectives. One is it's all about the aftermath of the reinforcement of the themes of Pesach or it's all about a countdown that was our our title for the evening a countdown to Matan Torah or option which I like best it's a bridge between one and the other between Pesach and Shavuos a bridge which obviously draws from and adds to to both there's evidence for all three of these perspectives but of course a lot of the evidence for the first and for the second uh, also reinforce the notion of the third. I can show that the Pesher Omer, specifically in the period in general, is about. evidence that it's about the aftermath of Pesach, or that it's about the destination, right? Anticipating Shavuos. Then it also works in well with the idea that this is a period that is megasher, that bridges between the two. What is the evidence? Let me mention just a few pieces for each. Pesach. Well, the fact is that the um, uh, the Rambam, mentioned before, deals with Inyane, Sphiros, Omer, and Perek Zion of Hokos tmidin. That is the Perik which the Rambam begins focusing on the specific carbonos musaf of Pesach. What is the carbon musaf that you bring every day of the seven days of Pesach? That's what it deals with the first two halachos in that chapter. And then in the third Halakha Till the end of the Perik, some 24 or 25 halachos later, the Rambam deals with the Korban HaOmer, and Sphirosa In parak Chesilkos Musapin, the Rambam begins a discussion of Hilkos Shavuos. It sounds like the Rambam believes that Sphirosa Omer in its period is all about the aftermath of Pesach. On the other hand, you look at the Torah in Parsha's Emor, you get the exact opposite impression. Because what the Torah did, I already mentioned, the Ramban has the Ha'ara, by Davra Hashem, Dabera B'nei Yisrael, starts with the Omer, it's separated from Pesach, and in that section, the conclusion of that section, is Shavuos. So what the Ramban did, Yilchus probably consciously, was almost exactly Opposite of what the Torah did in Parshat Amor in terms of the Parsha, this idea that there may be a link between Pesach and the Omer and the Omer period is reinforced by another view of the Rambam. I don't have the language with me, but when the Rambam wants to explain Mimacharos Hashabbos, of course the, the term itself, the Torah says Mimacharos Hashabbos. When do you bring the Omer and when do you start counting Sefiros Omer? Mimacharos Hashabbos. So the Baitusim, the Tzedukim, explained that that always means that it has to be on a Saturday night. And the Chachamim interpreted that it means, Mimachros Shabbos means Mimachros Tov, meaning the day after Pesach. So of course, that phrase itself links the Omer and Sira's Omer with Pesach. You might say it just tells you when it begins, but it doesn't say Tezayin Nisan, it says the day after Pesach. But the Rambam goes further. The Rambam wants to explain why the Tzedukim are completely wrong. So he has uh, several rayas that he brings. And uh, actually, rayas that are not brought by the Gemara. And uh, the Nosa Kalam asks why not. But the Rambam says, he quotes the Passock in Yahushua. The Passock in Yahushua says, and so on. It says very strongly. And the Rambam uses an expression. He says, this shows the Torah isn't just using coincidental language. The Torah wants you to know that the matir of Chodosh, the Elah, this is the expression he uses. The motivation, the factor which is Matir Chadash is Mimacharasa Pesach. In other words, there is a substantive link between Pesach, the day after Pasach of the Omer. That is the Rambam This is uh, expressed in a very, very dramatic way by the Abdenazer in a, um, an interesting suggestion about a very controversial Rambam. The Ramban says in, in Kedushin that for some reason um, women are obligated in the mitzvah of Svirasa This is a very controversial issue. The Rambam and the Sefer most of the Shonim, every other Rishon talks about it and almost all of the Poskim as well assume that Sfirat Omer is a mitzvah say Shazman Grama. It's a time-bound or time-oriented mitzvah. And the principle is that Nashim are Pturos in mitzvah say Shazman Grama. In that context, there's a debate among the Poskim about the practice of women. The Magad Abram says that women always accepted upon themselves Spiros Omer, and once they accepted it, it became a chova. The Minchaskinoth argues strongly. He says, I don't know where he got this idea of just because they accepted it, it became a chova. We have such a notion about the Tfilos Arvis, but not necessarily by Mitzasetians man Brahma. That's an interesting topic in its own right. The uh, Chaim and the Shaburah says, uh, I don't know where the Bhagavan Abraham got this from. our women don't have this uh, minag at all and in fact they should be discouraged because maybe they'll forget to make a bracha the whole thing will be a bracha batala that was related very much to what uh, Rav Willig was speaking about before to what extent if you hold uh, that it's one mitzvah does that really mean that if you have a strong suspicion that you're not going to be able to complete the count that even beginning with a bracha is a bracha batala or not necessarily even according to the Baha'i? That's, that was our willing discussion before. But the fact is that uh, the Ramban in Kedushan, the um, very puzzling Ramban, says women are obligated. So there are all sorts of explanations, attempted explanations for this. Uh, the Rab once said that he just thought it was inconceivable, that it must be a wrong gearson in the Ramban. But um, there were those Akronim who tried to explain it, including the Amnineza. Amnineza suggested. That there is a link between Pesach and the Omer, and between Sfiras and Omer. And then he argued: Since we know that women are fully obligated in all in Yane Pesach, after all, they're obligated in Matzah, Baltokho Bibaltochokame, Yeshna Bakal Matza, therefore they're also obligated in Sfiras and Omer. That's a very uh, big Kiddush uh, to explain the Ramban But again, it links strongly the themes of Pesach and Omer. Spiros Omer, then, is a count from Pesach. Of course, this would explain not only Mimachoras Hashabas, but it would also explain something else, something which bothers the Seber very much, and that is, why do we count the way that we do? I don't know if I really spoke about that or not, but 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, we really should count 49, 48, 47, we should be counting down, like the title of of the evening. We really count up. I'll get to the Seferachina for a moment. But of course if we're counting from Pesach rather than two Shavuos that makes a good deal of sense. The first day from Pesach, the second day, the third day and so on. The only question which you might ask is why don't we count from the very first day of Pesach? Why the second day? That's an interesting question. It could be that that first day is just unique. If you look at the psukim in Torah Shavak everywhere, in Bo'o and in Pinchas, in Emar, um, in Re'eh, the Torah always emphasizes the first day of Pesach as Akkad. It's another topic. But maybe it explains this phenomenon. Either way, there is strong evidence and much to be gained by looking at the Omer, the aftermath of Pesach. On the other hand, is equal if not stronger evidence linking it to Shavuos. I mentioned the Torah itself links it to Shavuos. Um, the Hamish Shem Torah doesn't even give a, a day for Shavuos. Right, it's remarkable. Shavuos is the 50th day of the, of the Svira. It strongly links the two um, to one another. Um, the idea that Yovel and Shavuos, that one is patterned after the other, Parasim Duror, This two is seven sevens, 49 and the 50th, right? Matan Torah, Shavuos being a kind of Yovel, that is explained as well. The Sefer Achinoch says this very clearly. The Sefer Achinoch says, everything is about Matan Torah. Matan Torah is the raison d'etre of the Jewish people. It was the raison d'etre, the purpose behind the Tias Mitzrayim. Everything is a countdown to Matan Torah why do we count up and not down we should be counting down so the kid says you know why because we don't want to be disappointed and depressed 49 days left we'd rather not spell it out we're so focused on getting to this destination of Matan Torah that it would be too disillusioning to be telling us that we have to X off 48 more days to avoid disappointment, we begin with the lower numbers: one, two, three, and so on. He says, "Hi, hey, so why don't we switch in the middle?" He says, "That, of course, you can't do. I mean, you have to take one numbering system, not two. And why don't we begin already the first day of Pesach?" So the Chinuch says, "Aim the Arvin Simcha the From his point of view, he's right because it's all about Shavuos. We don't want to take away from Pesach. By focusing too early on Shavuos. So that first day, we leave Pesach for Pesach. Starting from the second day already, we can count down to Shavuos. This idea is also expressed very powerfully in the Medrash. Medrash says this, Iran quotes it as well. Where are we going to do this Avodah that we told Pyro that we were going to? Armalahan, the sof nun yom, in fifty days after we leave, wayumonin kolechad the echad liatzmo, mikan kobu khacham musviro omer. And the Ran adds, Klomar, Bizmanazesh, inanu mevim Karban, Vila Omer, Alamekashvin Nunyom the Sinha Satora, Kemosha Monu Yisra Ba Osa hazman The Radvaz has a very powerful um expression of this. <coughs> discussing the question that many postkin dealt with why don't we say Shehecheyanu when we say Svirasa Omer? There are many answers given to this question. Each one is fascinating in its own way. But the Rabbaz has a remarkable answer. His main answer. Which is, Miko Mokom Be'ikara She'ela Ani Omer She'kol Mitzvah She'i Hakana Acheres Tiknu She'ivarek Sheheyanu Al Hamitzvah Ha'ikaris L'Polta Reshten Hilkach Svirasa Omer Hi'akana we don't say Yanu for Sfirah Saomer because we say Yanu in the main part of the mitzvah, Shavuos. And he compares it. He compares it the Kibasah and the Sukkah. When you build a Sukkah, according to the Babli, originally they used to make a Yanu when they built the Sukkah. Then they decided the Sakol Hakol the first night of Sukkot when they sit in the Sukkah they'll make the Shek on the Sukkah as well, on the Haksha. So the Radvaz compares the building of a Sukkah with the saying of the Omer. In other words, everything is about Kaga shabuos. And indeed, there is a view in the postkim, we don't pass in this way, that when you reach the 49th day you say, Hayom Tisha V'Arba Myom, right? Sheheim Shiva Shavuos U'mochar Yom shavuos We don't do it, but it's an interesting idea. Indeed, many of the Rishonim were bothered why it is it sounds like we count 50 days. If you read Emor, it sounds like we count 50 days. If you read (coughs) Karshis Re'eh, it sounds like we count 49 days. So some of the Rishonim explain, we often have a a round number which isn't exact. 50 means 50 minus 149. But according to those Rishonim who think that Spiris Omer is about building up to Matan Torah, so the point is it's building up to Matan Torah which is the 50th, you don't need to count it anymore. But it really is part of the count, because that was the purpose of the count, the 50th day. But there is a third perspective, I'd say, as well. That is a perspective that the Ramban mentions. Not in his commentary on Sviros Omer, in his earlier psukim, but later on in the Parsha, in Emor, when the Torah talks about Atzeres, of Sukkos, Shemiri Atzeres, so then the Ramban has a very famous comment. Ramban says, just as there is an Atseres for Chagasukos, so too there is an Atseres for Chag Hamasos. That Atseres is Shavuos, which of course is called Atseres. And then Ramban adds, and for that reason we count Spira Sa'omer. Spira sa'omer constitutes the Chalamoed that binds together, that bridges. Between Pesach and Tzuchos, and Shavuos. So that, of course, is a remarkable comment. If that is true, then you have the best of all worlds. But you can understand why it has to be put in one partial or the other. It was put together with Shavuos, yet the Rambam Nukhus put it together with Pesach. It's Mimacharat HaPesach, but it's Chamishim Yom. We may count up and not down, but that doesn't mean it isn't still for the purpose of getting to Matantoro. all of the indicators work well if the link is between both Chagim but what do we mean by that that both Chagim are linked and they are linked through Sfirah so I think in order to understand this I'm just going to take another minute or so we need to look at these days and at these karbanos, and we need to note the comparison, and the contrast between them. On the one hand, Chag Pesah, Chag I should say, and Chag have much in common. These are the two days, with the exception of Yom Kippur, which is its own um, special day. But these two days are the days that we focus on all the time in our HaRosh Hashem. Zechel tzies Mitzrayim pervades everything that we do. The Zuza and Tfilin and Everything that we do is it's Shabbos, everything is Zeichal Tziyas Mitzrayim. It's the omnipresent. The Rabban in Parshas, the end of Parshas Bo, explains Zeichal Tziyas Mitzrayim is the basis of our Emuna of the and God's providence, his, his involvement on a detailed daily basis with man in general, with Klal Yisrael in particular. All of it is Zeichal Tsiyas Mitzrayim. The mitzvah of Chirat Tziyas Mitzrayim Kalyom the Rabbi used to explain in the name of Reb is built into the mitzvah of Kriyashma Kabbalah and Shamayim and Kabbalah sol mitzvahs Zechel mitzrayim is crucial for everything that we do Anoche Hashem alokecha Asher Hotei Sicham mitzrayim and the whole calendar of course revolves around Zechel tziyas mitzrayim as the Ramban notes we don't count months by their names we do now but in the Torah it's month number 1, month number 2 month number 3 what are the numbers based on? Yitzhiyas Mitrai. Like Shabbos during the week, the months revolve, the year revolves around Yitzhiyas Mitrai. And then, of course, is Matan Torah. The day of Kolos Ubrakim, the day of Nasina HaTorah, without which we would not be the nation that we are. As Rabbi says, and everybody agrees, that was the Raison Datra. The Reishis, the Shvila Torah, The Torah is the blueprint of the world, it's the purpose of the world. Everything revolves around Matan Torah. Or certainly Messina the Torah. We say, Asher Hotei Sicha Me'aretz Mitzrayim, but it's Anokhe Hashem Elokecha introduced in the Aser Sadibros in that day of Kolos Evraki. Matan Torah is everything. Indeed, there's Zohar with regard to Yitzhiya Sitzrayim and there's a Zohar referring to Maimed harsinai and Matan Torah. The Ramban argues in his Perishol Torah and in Sefer mitzvot Both of these zakars represent mitzvot saseh. So on the one hand, these two chagim are very similar. On the other hand, they are a study in contrast. We focus on the day of Pesach, Tezvav Nisan, like no other day. We don't even allow Tosefes Yom Tov on this day. You can't eat the matzah early, you can't even make kiddush early. The air of Toshul Matzos has to be Yom Tezvav the exact day that you left. We know what that day is and it's in our memory. We're reminded about it constantly. And of course, on that day, we focus Masha Ira, Masha Kara, as the Rambam puts it. Every detail that took place on that day of the 15th day of Nisan. Shavuos, the day of Matan Torah, is never defined in the Torah. We celebrate it 50 days after the Sphira, which becomes more significant in light of what we have been discussing. But, and we know, we say, it's Bav Siva and Zion Sivan, the whole discussion of the Gemara and Shabbos, what day is it really? Do we really commemorate the right day? It's a remarkable phenomenon. The Torah camouflaged the day of Matan Torah. When the Torah speaks about Shavuos, it doesn't call it Yom Matan Torah. As all of the Farshim note, the Archa is a nice explanation. I think others earlier than him also said something like it. The Arkhashokan said, every day for us is the day of Matan Torah. To say that one day is the day of Matan Torah would imply or detract from the power of Matan Torah in our lives every day. So that's why the Torah camouflaged it. But we still say in the Tefillah, and the Drechasamazo and the Sayom, Yom Matan Torah Seinu. So it's both. But the contrast to Pesach, where the date and the day (laughs) is so crucial and so explicit, it's part of the mitzvah to know that day and what it is. It's huge. Moreover, Pesach is about Heros we're no longer removing the shackles of Avodahem La Avodim La Avodim Shavuos appears to be about Kabbalah Salmach a day of becoming enslaved in a certain respect in that sense they are opposites but here it's even more complicated because one would have expected that the day of Heros be a day of Simcha unmitigated joy and happiness and it be a day of physical and material pleasure on the other hand one would think is a highly spiritual day and an ambivalent kind of a day, a little bit ambivalent at least after all is quite a commitment and it's a limiting commitment at that we're becoming again after so recently receiving our one would think, if there was going to be simcha on one of those two days, where would it be? On Pesach. What does the Torah tell us in Parsha Re'eh? There is no simcha mentioned with respect to Pesach. Simcha is mentioned with regard to Sukkot a couple of times, it's mentioned with regard to Shavuos, and it's omitted with regard to Pesach. It's remarkable. The Gemara says in Pesachim and Dach Samaches on the base, that there's a very general debate between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua, whether or not one should celebrate a Yom Tov in a balanced way, Chazi Lahem, or in a more extreme way, either Kula Lahem or Kula That's a topic in its own right. However, the Gemara says when it comes to Purim and Shavuos, there's no debate. You can't celebrate Kula Purin, Purim, we understand, it's Mishta and Simcha, and so on. And Shavuos, the Gemara just says very simply, Yom Shonit Nabal what do you mean so it can't be then the Gemara says tells the whole story about Rabbi Yosef how he said that you have to make a special feast on Shavuot if not to this day come Yosef Ike B'Shuka mean, that wouldn't be nothing if it wasn't for Matan Torah so it's a, it's a celebration about him but Matan Torah is about uh, the Rabban Hashem giving the Torah if we look at the korbanos of Omer and Shnei Alachem, this parallels yet contrasts and contrasts in ways that we would have anticipated the opposite continues the korban Omer is Seorim the Maharaj says that's Machal Behema the korban Chitim that's Machal adam. both of these korbanos are unique they're minchos, Menachos there are three Menachos Shalat Zibor. They're Omer, and the Lechem apanim of every Shabbos. That binds them together. But the Korban Omer, like other Menachos, is Nikra, the, the Comates at least, is burned, the piece of it is burned on the Metzveach. And then the rest can be eaten by coin. The Korban Shtei of Shavuos, like the Lechem apanim. Is given to the Kohanim, none of it is sacrificed on the Mizbeach. Again, I would have thought Pesach is a day of Cheruz, it's a day of Simcha, it's a day of removing the shackles. No. Shavuos is a day of Kabal Oh, that's the day. The Gemara says Kohanim and they can eat it completely. It's very strange. This holds true for many other Chilukim as well. I don't want to burden you with too many details, but one other needs to be said before I wrap up. Of course, the theme of Pesach is the Isra of Chometz. Shavuos, in sharp contrast, the Korban Shte real real hallmark is that, like the one other Korban, the Korban Toda, it is brought from Chometz. And the Ramban says, it too is a Korban Toda. And the Ramban says the 50 days of the Sphiras Omer implies that Shavuos is a day of freedom, drawer, yovel. In what sense is this true? The powerful lesson of inserting Karban HaOmer and Karban Shte Alechem and Kedushas Hazman as the poles of Sphiras Omer is precisely to underscore these ideas. In the aftermath of Pesach, if you want to understand how to get from Pesach to Shavuos, from physical chayrus to Kabbalah Salmat shemayim, so you have to speak about the Korban HaOmer and the Korban shtehalechem, HaLechem and you have to know that every day between Pesach and Shavuos is a day in which you intensify your commitment your development, it's a bridge leading from one to the other. The theme that is being expressed is the idea Pesach as a Zman had necessarily to express itself by limiting man. Because if men, if Paul Yisrael had been freed and thrown off the shackles of their abdus, right, and immediately plunged into simcha or other expressions of uncontrolled exuberance or growth i.e. Khamet where there's no shmirah where you allow the bread to rise and to develop without any constraints and limits there never would have been a Shavuos and indeed the whole purpose of removing lavadim would have been undermined it wouldn't have led to Avadayim the purpose was to have a process which would establish what really is meaningful in life. Peshvilah Torah, Shaniqarashis, Voracious, that's the purpose of the world. Ein ben Chorin, Elamisha Osek betorah. The real theme of Matan Torah is the theme of Kabbalah Soma HaShamayim, which is an act of drawer, of yovel, of liberation. If a person can dedicate himself, to the purpose to which the world was created to the Rabboni Shalom, to the relationship with the Rabboni Shalom that is the most liberating of all things because it's the most meaningful of all things so that Pesach as physical chayrus, without yet a full understanding of what Aboros Hashem is required that first step of Tzimtzum Lehi Damos to imitate the Rabboni Shalom, who is Mitzam in creating the world but also the contrast so that man could show that Kal stroke could show that they were aware at that point how far they had to go it was a time of Matzah it was Cherus but without the exuberant Simcha for the same reason that there was no Chomet for that reason Pesach is Zechel Mitzrayim it focuses on a very specific event with an awareness and it has to be followed enjoy it today and observe it properly and tomorrow begins the countdown also up both the enhancement of Pesach is the bridge to Shavuos to true Chirus and Simcha to Eim Ben Chor to the theme expressed not by and not only by being Matir Chulin's but to the theme of Shteya a Korban of Chomet a Korban Toda, where man's liberation, his creativity his Simcha, all of this could take place why? because of the Kabbalah Salmat Hashanayim the Kabbalah Salmitzvos that put it into context and balance and made it meaningful so from this perspective we can appreciate that the period of Svirat Omer is both a period of counting up and down. It's the aftermath of Pesach, it's the introduction to Shavuos. That 50th day is a culmination and a new beginning. It's Mimachoras, and it's Ad Chamishim Yom. And the Torah is very meduyak in telling us that the Korban Omer that begins the period and the Korban Shtei HaLachem that concludes it, because of the parallels between them, and highlighted by the differences between them, establish each step along the way where we've come. I just want to mention one issue in Halacha before I leave. I really uh, alluded to it. Um, for this reason, there, there is significant discussion in the post-gim to what extent, not only is there a separate mitzvah every day of Svir's omar, the discussion of Balitosis and the Bahag and the various interpretations, but whatever position you take on that issue, to what extent. The bracha and the count is one and the same. And from that perspective, to what extent every sphira is part of a bracha, and every bracha relates to a specific day of the sphira. Well, I mentioned the Abu Dram, and earlier the Raviyah, and the Gra points this out as well. It could be that the relationship between bracha and sphira is different in sphira sa'omer than other mitzvahs. And that is precisely because again, the nusach that some Rishonim had, shech hayom, precisely because we're not merely counting down with anticipation until Shavuos. Nor are we simply getting further away from Pesach. The real idea is that we are on a path, a bridge, linking one to the other, where each and every day represents a continuum of progression in developing the sensitivity, the appreciation of what one is, what has happened and what is yet to happen. And because of that, perhaps indeed every day requires every sepira is a bracha, every bracha is a sepira, and every bracha is an individual sepira. In this sense, as we uh, reach uh, close to Lagba Omer, to reach already towards the end of the sphera, may all of us, be zoha, to continue that path individually, Usfartem. Lachem lekolecha biechad. Some rishonim saying there's no shame ka'ona. It's an individual, decisive statement each day of Sefirah Omer. All part of this notion of spiritual, individual, progressive development. May all of us be zochah to achieve that, and then to be worthy of Kabbalah and Matan Torah once again. Thank you.